Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Well, if we let you write the script, no one would ever say anything, Matt. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, we take a look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 211, titled Aftershocks, after a long-awaited uh, hiatus and return here on uh, March 3rd, 2015. Tonight's sponsor is Cactus Cooler. When you're cooling your heels in quarantine, nothing like cooling those tonsils in the sweet, refreshing taste of high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> wow, well done, Pete. That sounded like real ad copy. By the way, here is at least a moment of some real ad copy. We hope that all our listeners will head over to patreon.com slash fantastic geek. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash fantastic geek. If you'd like to help us out with our uh, bandwidth and storage costs. And uh, we have some goodies there to say thank you. But first, Pete, most importantly, let's proceed with the podcast. Time to catch you up on what went down. Our teaser, Matt, 1983, undisclosed location. And while I did not see Dick Cheney, I did see a man, a younger man, warping around. I believe it's pronounced Banff style um, (laughs) in a red carpeted uh, wood paneled room. Come to see Homie Got No Eyes. Um, we have, uh, an Asian couple who enters the room. Uh, they're clearly pitying this young man, but they know what's happened to him. The, uh, the male explains that it's been 14 hours since Terragenesis needs a little help on the pronunciation there. It's Terragenesis. Um, and this is Gordon, Gordon, who was recently cast as an adult, the young Gordon pictured here uh the asian woman uh gets gordon to try to take his hand um she tells him it's going to be okay uh he keeps uh, phasing in and out and finally gets to the hand and she explains it's going to be okay beautiful but he can't cry and why can't he cry matt because he has no eyes pete Oh, my goodness. He never learned to read, even though he might be the reader. It was uh, it was an incredible opening, and that might sound like overselling it a bit, but the effects were really on point. The notion that we're going all the way back to these powered people, uh, all the way back to 1983, and, uh, you know, his kind of pathos, I think it was very, um, it was very relatable, this idea that, Hey, you get exposed to superpower mist and end up losing something, uh, you know, like your eyes, like your sight. Uh, I mean, obviously shades of, dare I say, the mutants, shades of, you know, uh, Ben Grimm of the Fantastic Four. We're not allowed to say that word, Matt. You have to go back and uh, redact that. Just make make sure you you go back and uh, hit that with your little editing tools, you know. Or put what they call a rooster on it when you go beep. But, um just just a really a really um gripping uh i don't know kind of a gripping i don't want to say introduction because i know we saw gordon 
in the uh, in the winter finale, which, as you mentioned at the time, was still technically the fall, but we won't go there. Um, but so it's not an introduction to kind of to the character, but just kind of a reintroduction to this pathos uh, that 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 comes with these great powers. It's almost like Pete with great powers comes something but i can't quite maybe 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 sony and marvel together can complete that sentence but that's a story for another day yeah we have uh the characters here other than gordon are uh jai ying and uh, yat zen and there was talk here of uh her maybe uh living or that she wouldn't live forever um we cut from there the idea of being lost to sky and quarantine and uh, you know, everything that she's been through. And then that was the end of our tease. There's, there's that line there back in 1983, uh, right before we cut to sky, uh, of course it being uh, sky's mother who is speaking. Uh, but there's reference there to Gordon being old enough to understand, but young enough to adapt Gee Wilkers, Pete, Sky isn't that old at all either. So um given that the that the winter finale really kind of set the stage for uh Sky and Inhumans and superpowers and all of this sort of thing, uh we're kind of off to the races here with now we're gonna see this happen to Sky. Act one begins with a quick uh flash that's meant to be a dream of uh trip breaking apart. And then uh, Coulson is on the other side of the quarantine room explaining to Skye that uh, he can't sleep either. And she's lamenting that uh, Trip would have come to see her and even tease her about being in quarantine. Coulson explains that the obelisk triggered a massive earthquake, which immediately sell- sells for us that they are unaware that she caused this. Now, it was very important that we, we establish that as soon as possible. Um, Trip is posthumously given credit with having saved everybody here. And we're told by Colson over a montage that they're keeping busy. We see May kickboxing. We see Mac and Fitz welding because that's what science dudes do. Um, <laughs> we see Mockingbird uh, Bobby Morse and Hunter and Hunter copes with it like he copes with everything else with a drink. Okay. I wow. kind of, and I'm, I'm, I'm truly not trying to be provocative here. Mm-hmm. I read that Mockingbird and Hunter moment as a post, uh, post amore. Post coital. Post coital. Indeed. And uh, I, I, I'm per, not, I'm perhaps. not being cheeky. I'm just saying that's just kind of how I read it, which is like, there's Hunter just like, Oh man, everybody's some everybody's so sad. Let's go let, let's go play patty cake. Right. Well, it was clearly reflective. Yes. Okay. And we've learned that Mac has cleared the quarantine after having been exposed and um not to the mist, of course, but to the other uh stuff in the temple that caused him to rage out there. Uh, Simmons, meanwhile, is away from the team. She is documenting the tunnels, attempting to assess what happened there. There are agents spray painting uh, white X's um, with the temple having collapsed and everything going on there and explaining that Reyna's body was not found yet. And that was a pretty important detail, which we knew was going to be um, 
centered in upon. Sky seems really uh, stuck in the fact that things have not gone well. She said we lost. Coulson uh, takes the contrary, that we cut off the head. And while Hydra scrambles, they're going to be looking for a new one. He's going to make them pay. Pete, this is usually the moment where I say, Pete, because this is network TV, do you realize how this is a recap and an update at the same time? Which functionally it is. But it's all so well done that it, that it just feels, my key word, organic. Of course, Sky would actually be dreaming about this in the, the days afterwards. It was this you know, incredibly traumatic incident. The fact that it brings us up to speed as a reminder and, and so on and so forth. Bonus. Um, the fact that these different characters are dealing with a significant loss in different ways is conducive towards a montage and also a reminder to say may does action and mac and fitz do buildy things and mockingbird and hunter kind of hang out and play kissy face to you know, like it all works but it's true to the characters first and foremost which makes this not kind of dutiful exposition but beautiful exposition we uh center in around shadowy figures around a table and by the way, Pete, in this scene where we're kind of in the the Hydra Investors Club, as I as I called it, um, that table looked really familiar. I feel like I've seen that table somewhere before. Yeah, you may have. Um, Whitehall's death is discussed, and uh, Bakshi, a favorite of Baron von Strucker, a name we're going to be hearing a little bit more about as we head into Avengers: Age of Ultron, is bandied about and they're determined here to make the survivors of this other hydra cell scramble and made the best one emerge as the leader there in true cut off one head two more take its place fashion um go ahead in this scene i was just slightly confused um just by, by one thing that perhaps you could clear up so this is a separate cell from the bakshi cell so when they're talking about Whoever rises to the top gets a management position that was within that cell. That wasn't like they weren't talking amongst themselves to compete to take over the other one. Is that correct? Themselves? Correct. Themselves? Did I say themselves? No, I did. Because we're talking about themselves. Ah. (laughs) Um, They were referred to as the, the heads of Hydra at one point. Okay. Um, and again, you know, Matt, I'm still learning about this organization. So, you know, we're, we're insulated from a lot. I can, I, I can understand, you know, it, it, it takes a fulcrum to be connecting the different cells together. We go from the, uh, heads of the Hydra round table to the underground city beneath San Juan. And we see an agent in a, uh, Quarantine suit. He is uh, taken. There's blood. And suddenly we see a hand with thorns, as they were repeatedly called, Matt. Not spikes. I thought that was an interesting choice. Uh, yes. We'll have to talk more about that. I, I, I just kind of visually read it as, uh, as spikes. But the notion that they're thorns. That, uh, repeatedly. At least three times they were called thorns. And uh, I get the whole, oh, 
Raina, flowers, thorns, and it works there, but I don't know. Surely you're not proposing that there's going to be some sort of like part plant character because that's just impossible to fathom. It is. Act two begins with a discussion about load-bearing walls and flooding this cursed city. And before you know it, um, a hooded figure has slashed the two guys Simmons is uh, giving instructions to, uh, looked at its reflection in the helmet, has yellow eyes, and uh, Simmons shoots at it and it escapes up out of the city. Just kind of a, a, I don't want to take away from the scene and call it pedestrian, but the function of that scene is to just get Raina out there, to have Simmons know Raina's there, to have Simmons see Raina left. Just kind of moving that story ball forward. Not particularly great action. Um, still kind of the mystery at this point. We're looking forward to the great Raina reveal ahead of us. Or is it great? Um, but just kind of, you know, a, a, a functional scene. And there's uh, there's there's no shame in that. There isn't. Um, Morse comes to see uh, Sky in uh, quarantine with her little survival kit. She's been through this before, but it was a nice bonding scene. And she refers to Sky as a rock star. <laughs> Well, I, it's it's a nice little pick-me-up scene there. And actually, I'll, I'm wondering, I have to file something away for level 7 later on. But uh, it, uh, it, at least within this scene, it's nice to see Mockingbird and Sky getting, uh, getting along so well. Mac and Fitz have uh, a couple more scenes here. And uh, Fitz explains that he knows what Mac is going through. And still either battling back from the uh the rage uh stuff he had going on there or just you know basic human emotion he says really you know you know what it's like to lose control and then uh after they soothe things over there mac is asking fits for schematics which all ties into some uh some high level seven stuff I was of two minds in this scene. The acting from Henry Simmons, who plays Mac, uh, really was quite good. And I was um I was happy to see him given the opportunity to kind of emote uh now that you know, now that we're down uh, a character. Um and frankly with Ward, you know, not appearing in the script anyway, a little bit more breathing room for Henry Simmons to have some acting moments. Uh and I thought he did admirably. That said, I thought that the words he was given, the script in this scene, was like one telegraph too much in that in that it was like, you know, here he's talking. It, it essentially was this. It was like, really, Fitz? You know what it's like to be the victim of a traumatic brain injury where your brain and your body aren't completely talking to each other? And it's just so frustrating that you're trying to say something and the words won't come out and you're not completely in control like when you had your traumatic brain injury at the end of last season? It's just like, and, okay, and, we get it. And and you're up to something now. Wait, what? And he's up to something now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, maybe the rage makes it a little harder to not show your cards. It's a it's a delicious tidbit ahead that I'm sure will be discussed for Maybe many episodes to come, although you know how Jeff Loeb likes it. Introduce a, se- a secret in one episode and completely resolve it, hopefully in the first 20 minutes in the next episode. But this could be one we hang on to a while. But 
Pete from Henry Simmons. Correct me if I'm wrong, but then we go to Gemma Simmons. Yes, no relation. Um, she's on the phone with May and explaining that Raina has shown up, that she was covered in thorns. Um, and Simmons is explaining she wants to return to HQ. Um, Colson there is adamant. He's going after Hydra now. And Mac is outspoken to the point where May needs to remind him to remember his rank. And deliciously here, despite the fact her delicious cactus cooler is gone, Sky is trying to get them to stop and the soda can is shaking. Almost uh, kind of quaking. Yes. Uh, she grabs it and she's clearly reacting to Colson and everyone else arguing. Um, and Colson cuts through the chatter to explain that if Trip was here, he wouldn't be complaining. I'll, I'll, I'll be a little softer. Some of the, some of the word choice was definitely nine o'clock word choice tonight. Um, I welcome it, would, it. Not because, you know, oh, I need you have to a hear. potty mouth. I think we all know why. Yes. <laughs> well, fuck. Okay. I, I just welcome it in terms of this is a show where there's bad people doing bad things. And, the state that S.H.I.E.L.D. is in right now, S.H.I.E.L.D., the, the agency, is not one to kind of be particularly highfalutin. These are stressful, uh, sparing times for them. So it, to me that, you know, you want to throw the language in there a little bit? I think it's I think it's true to the situation. So Colson has explained that, uh, you know, Trip wouldn't be complaining. He'd be gearing up. And he takes it down to uh, see Bakshi, who... Frankly, I think we had all forgotten was, you know, in the same complex. He's in a in a cell. He's got a bed going there. And uh, they pull up General Talbot on the old iPad. <laughs> and uh, luckily, because Apple makes stuff so secure that government agencies can't get into it. Uh, exactly. It's it, all you have to do is just FaceTime, you know, Talbot at, you know, army.mil or whatever and uh, army.gov. And uh, there you go. Right. Or you could be like Hillary Clinton and just use your personal email. <laughs> so uh, we're then in a car with Colson and May with Bakshi in the back. All right. And uh, you <laughs> had to know that this was going to not go well. May is uh, perturbed, bringing up the exposure to the United States government and crash. This these two scenes here were were when I said, you know, for as much as we enjoyed podcasting our gal Peggy Carter with a much smaller cast, this is when my fingers were flying. And here are my notes. Colson offers Bakshi to Talbot, then cut to Colson and May taking Bakshi to Talbot and hit by a truck. And it's just like all these names, and I'm like, okay, General, okay, General Talbot, got it. And it's just like, wow, this is a much larger universe than we've been living in for the last eight weeks. Act three begins right where Act two uh, left off, and I like the alternate angle, the uh, crash from the white truck. And boy, Matt, that warehouse came out of nowhere. <laughs> Certainly was handy, but I'll tell you this. the The kind of overhead shot of the truck pushing uh, or the the you know the mac truck pushing the the lexus not max truck not max truck the, the box truck pushing the lexus 
I don't know how much of that was effects and how much of that was all right, stunt people, buckle up. But that was a that was a bone crunching scene. Well, there were four left, Matt. You know what that means? One, two, three, four. They fall to the ground. Yeah, that 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 May was going to do that. Um, for some reason, and like you were saying, there's a lot to note in this scene. I missed that Bakshi was still in the car, and I think I was suckered in like everybody else that he had been taken. And of course, he's there, and um, before May goes down, and Coulson sells it at least initially with a hearty no, and then <laughs> you'll never take us alive. It, it is such a well constructed scene, and the fight feels real. Um, and then all of a sudden, okay, so May's been hit, but the kind of you know that's the old. The old cowboy shoulder area. It'll just be, you know, yank the bolt out and stitch her up and give her a shot. You know, that's the way it's been done for a hundred years in the movies. Then Coulson pop, 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 and blood is flying everywhere. That's when it was clear that this is uh, all being done for Bakshi's, uh, you know, kind of with Bakshi as the audience. Yes, and a masked assailant explains that the SUV is still running, that he should get in it. Once in there, takes off the mask to reveal it's Hunter with his American accent. That's American in quotes, in case you can't uh, hear the uh, hear the air quotes there, British people. This is not an American accent, Mr. Bakshi. Let us go have some potato chips and a hot dog. Yes, and his biggest... Order of business, Bakshi's is finding out if uh, Whitehall is really dead. Pete, it was nice kind of seeing the internal uh, machinations of Hydra here. You know, the call, I, I want to come in, kind of, you know, the, the spy coming in from the cold sort of thing. And um, also nice to see, too, that, that Bakshi has bit at the bait here uh, that's been offered up for his, uh, you know, for his consideration um altogether despite the fact that hunter's american accent was not great uh we'll assume that that was done for comedic purposes and not uh not any flaw in the acting um altogether uh, a good scene also sold by uh simon cassianidis uh kind of you know selling the desperation gun to his head him saying no 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 we'll pay you know kind of you know forget the multiple people paying you already come come get ready for hydra Right, and you know the the talk of solidifying his standing with the true heads of of Hydra. These characters were checked a little later on by name in the episode. Um, this is what happens when you have like a weird org chart. You know, if you just yes. don't have that person in charge, person beneath so and so forth. When it's like this is like a loose confederacy, Pete. And you know, my my study of history tells me confederacies tend not to do well. Yeah. Um, Simmons, meanwhile, is explaining that uh, Reina's DNA has been rearranged, that it's horrific. She's concerned about an epidemic and nothing like telling this to somebody who's also suffered the same fate, but doesn't really want to let on to it in Sky. Pete, not to not to cross the streams here exactly, it's the podcast streams, but in our in our Agent Carter season one wrap up, there was discussion about how 
or reference was made, I should say, to how Shields doesn't particularly go out and address kind of modern issues of the day, but that's kind of at the very periphery, you know, government agency and government power and, you know, that sort of thing. In this scene, all of a sudden Simmons, to kind of take it out of the sci-fi action genre for a moment to really bring it into our world of reality, I mean, she's kind of talking about some sort of inhuman ethnic cleansing, inhuman Holocaust. I mean, I don't want to... I don't mean to be disrespectful to throw those words around, but that is, I think, what we're kind of tapping into in our world where she's saying there's these kind of people and they're a threat. So therefore, you know, we kind of don't really need to take care of them. And a little bit, there's a future scene. Simmons is saying, well, you don't need to like kill, kill Raina. But if your choices are, you know, handcuffs or a bullet to the head, uh, 50-50, all of a sudden here we're kind of touching on some real stuff and i really appreciated that that the show went there particularly since not for nothing we know which side we're going to end up on we the audience because i don't want sky getting a bullet to the head because she's different well matt hang on a second before we paint a funny little mustache on Gemma simmons okay that uh you know that one guy ruined for everybody um let's consider the fact that charlie chaplin you bastard yeah chaplin Let's consider the fact that she's concerned from the biological standpoint of this getting out. Not in the sense that this is remaking people who have the potential already existing within them and activating them. Um, So she's not really dealing with the entire equation. So I'm going to chalk it up to that uh, at this point. But, well, I, know, I, I don't ahead. I don't mean to take the show deeper than it truly is suited to go. But I'll just say, could you make the same argument, um, let's say, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, could you make the same argument about people with AIDS? That, sorry, bub, it's not against you personally, but there's this biological contagion that could spill out. So we're going to off you. Uh, again, I don't think that this is a major focus of the show, and I don't want to take away from the fun of an action adventure show. But I just, I I think this is at least partially kind of in the air of the show. That um, Marissa Tancheron and Jed Whedon, who scripted this episode would have the most benign character address it in this way, I think speaks to the fear of what people don't understand and to see genetic codes overwritten, rewritten, for a biologist, this is a scary thought, and she's thinking about contagion. And whether you want to connect it to a biological thing or, you know, is it appropriate for us to be screened at the airport for everybody's safety and whatnot? I, I just appreciate that the show is kind of touching on this kind of sci-fi action-adventure connection to some of that stuff that's in the air the air with us now. But anyhow, Pete, let's, let's get back to the, the plot proper here. We head to uh, old San Juan on the port there and uh, Dr. Cal on a boat with containers. And uh, we hear Raina's voice and we see her legs. We weren't sure how much we would see right away. Um, And uh, she's explaining that, uh, or was it he explaining that uh, didn't get to evolve there in the temple and uh, she she holds him up and wants to know what the hell have I become? 
Uh, by the way, side note, Pete, all those containers mean they don't need to show you San Juan. Hmm. No, they don't. Um, Pete, let's let's let, let's break it down with a truth bomb here. Uh, Reina's makeup, at least as it was revealed here, I kind of felt it was a little lackluster. When you saw just the face, I tended to agree with you. But when you saw how detailed it was heading all the way back, you know, she kind of kind of came to a point there, reminded me a little uh, Borg Queen action. Sonic the Hedgehog comes to mind as well. Pete, um, it's so funny. You won't believe that I was just trying to click on, on for, for a, a quick unplanned sound effect, which I'll skip. But yeah, very Sonic the Hedgehog. I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow Disney they announces that, that they've bought you know Sega of America. Sega. Ding, 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 ding. But anyhow, Pete, I know we have the act break, and then we return right back to that very spot surrounded by shipping containers. Yes, what happened to me, Reina was expecting to become something divine, transcendent even, and now I'm covered with Matt. Thorns, apparently. Thorns, okay. And, uh, you know, leave it to Cal to quip here. Well, you always did like flowers. Um, but he comes to find out that his daughter has received the gift that Raina believed was intended for her. And just like him, she's got her mind set on revenge. She dropped the B word, Matt, but the upshot is that Cal know that she's changed. She'll be so mixed up now. Okay. And she did not have Raina's intense preparation Reina's whose whose insides now feel like gravel, which heck of a phrase there. My inside, I don't know exactly what that means, but I, I would imagine that as a result of the process, that the thorns don't just go out. Ooh, she ouch. said she was cutting herself with each move. Yeah, it's it's so. excellent dialogue there from uh, from Tantarowen and Whedon. It's just kind of selling her pathos there. Um, interesting, too, that... And again, I'm not trying to go down a, a, a path that the show is maybe not intending, but it's just interesting that here she has a certain definition of what a divine transformation should be. Uh, and now that she doesn't like it, it's not divine. Yeah. Um, the the question it brought up for me, which I think we can explore at a little bit more length in level seven, is if one person is exposed to another person's um, potential obelisk that's linked to them, does it change what they could become? We can certainly, yeah, we'll, we'll save that for level seven. That's not how I read the obelisk from working, but I, I certainly could be wrong. But Pete, quick question for you on this scene. Cal makes reference to the index. Have we heard about an index before? Like the index of superpowered people? Absolutely. We have. Okay. I, you know what, mate? Pete, I feel like I've been spending, spending the last couple of months in my head in the past. So it was a you- bigger first season idea. Okay. The idea of keeping people on an index. Um, But once we've tackled that stuff with the repulsive creature that Reyna has become, and I know there's a lot of fan supposition as to what exactly that is, you know, whether she is um, a Thundercat or whatnot. Um, 
Bakshi and Hunter arrive at the gate of uh, Mr. Bloom. More with a fake American driver guy. Um, Octavian Bloom. Okay. Which if you think about it, it's a great like uh, fake name for a, for a member of Hydra. Oh yeah. Octo. Um, And Morse jumps in the car there, tells him to cut the accent and says a naughty word there. So three things you you really couldn't say in church on Sunday and in the nine o'clock hour tonight, Matt, apart from the one you dropped earlier. (laughs) Uh, it, it it definitely is a show with a little little bit of a different edge. Uh, having I like the nineteen forties. <laughs> Indeed, the worst we heard was "Listen to me, fish face." Um, interesting that Hunter, who it's already been been foreshadowed, oh, you're going to fall back in love with her and regret it. Um, here he's calling her out on having some sort of secret plan with Mac. And then Something's she admits up and running. Yeah, yeah. And then she admits. Oh, we're in a support group. We've been we've been abusing the stuff. You know, it's not not discussed whether it's drink or or drugs, but we've been, you know, we're in a support group. A, a lot of stuff went down. Our friends pointing guns at us. That's when it's like, ooh, that there's something that doesn't sound right about that whole thing. And of course, Hunter deaf to it because he's uh, listening to his uh, heart. Right. Um, I didn't read it as substance. I read it more as like a, a violent, you know, type of support group, maybe even just a support group of, of two there. Oh, how interesting. I, I totally read it as, hey, the world around us went to pieces. So Mac and I both, you know, we've, we've been living in a bottle and, and whatnot and then realized there was a problem. So, you know, now we go to AA meetings and, you know, shh, kind of keep that private and all that. That, that that's, that's interesting that you kind of had a completely different take. Mac, Colson, May, and Simmons uh, have this conversation, and this is where the idea of putting Raina down because of the plague risk is forwarded. I don't know if we necessarily need to go into more depth <laughs> at this point, given the discussion we had before. I mean, it's certainly something to consider, but again, I, 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 th- I think we Gemma covered it on yeah. the, on the concern for others, not on the, um, you know, uh, genocidal angle. Pete, you don't want me to do a five minute monologue and how this, you yeah. know, reminds me of the Bosnia, Her- Bosnia and Herzegovinian stuff not in the nineties. No. Well, then cut uh, to Bakshi. Yeah. Uh, I loved some of the names here. The Baroness, the Banker, the Sheik. Okay. Along with uh, Strucker's right-hand man, who we last saw in the um, the tag scene, the secret scene in uh, Captain America Winter Soldier with Baron Von Strucker at an undisclosed Hydra location with Loki's scepter. And you, you'll be seeing that again real soon. I'd imagine so. We're what, two little months away? Just about. Time does go by. Uh, Pete, my notes, most of the scene, cut to Bakshi and Hydra folks, talkity talk talk. Kind of, you know, your standard kind of trade them up scene. But then Raina ready to off herself in the road. Yeah, walks out into the road there. We all know that cats shouldn't play in the highway. <laughs> and I thought that the tension there 
was ramped up by the scene that succeeded it where Fitz goes to see Sky, and he cuts right to the chase about her heartbeat having exceeded 300 beats per minute. And uh, he said the thing, Matt. He did. He said it. He said, you know, he, it, it's inhuman. Right. And he's settled on the fact that you caused this because you survived the data in my head, which was kind of a refrain um, throughout this episode for him. You know, it's it, it can't be wrong. And Sky makes the light explode, which, you know, we'd seen quite a bit. They've been <laughs> teasing us with, with that for a while. Um, but it makes an effective act end. Act five begins with Sky and May discussing uh, that Coulson seems a little more cutthroat than normal. And uh, as this is going on, we see that if anything, it's the opposite. And it's out of the sacrifice of uh, Agent Antoine Triplett that Coulson feels this sense of duty. We see him with uh, a suitcase that we immediately identify as that of Tripp's grandfather, bringing it to uh, a woman who then breaks down. It was, it was a, a very well put together scene. Um, I don't know if it was maybe kind of montaged for time and whatnot, but you know, here we have kind of just May checking in sky hiding the, the, the cut that she has courtesy of the quake explosion uh, there is a quick little over-the-shoulder shot of Sky's vitals starting to spike a little bit. Funny that with all the bright, blinky lights there, nobody ever you know notices that stuff. Well, um, speaking of blinky lights, <laughs> suddenly uh, some watches go off there. And um, between the Sheik being killed, uh, and we can tell he's the Sheik because Matt... He's dressed like one. Um, the Baroness, who was the only female Hydra character mentioned, turning to stone with the uh, the effects there of the obelisk we've seen before. And the same happening to the banker. Uh, Bakshi has gotten everybody to slaughter one another. Um, and then uh, our man Hunter and uh, Bobby Morse can come in and... Uh, Turn him over to Talbot. Yeah, there was a great bit when uh, when uh, Hunter and uh, and Bobby Morris are still out in the uh, in the truck, um, where you know they're surrounded and they see it on the the rear facing dash cam, um, and then just with a flip of a button, uh, you know the paneling opens up and there's just a you know a, a row of machine guns that mal- mows down the bad guys and they storm on in. Um, thought it was a bit um i don't want to say like it offended me but it was a little shocking how hunter just comes in and it's not just bang bang to you know the standard red shirts but our uh you know our, our kind of lead hydra baddie in the room gets one to the head quick um then there's just that reveal hey bakshi you were promised to talbot you know you're so predictable back to talbot you go right we come back to Simmons awaiting the DNA any minute and the change of heart from Fitz explaining that she's clean and he's covering for her. May, not missing details um, ever, notes that uh, Sky is bleeding and um, Fitz and Sky get this uh, 
solitary moment to explain here that uh, no, she she really has changed. That the uh, the samples differ drastically, but he's there to comfort her. What did you make of that? I think that the low hanging fruit would be ooh, let's ship it. It's romance. I think that it's just fits as this you know, kind of, in many ways, the emotional center of the show, uh, or at least the emotional heart of the show. He's looking out for, you know, for, for the least among them, in that, in that Sky is now this drastically different uh, creature. And I think we're getting a reference back to the scene before the act break where he concludes that uh, her, her BPM going up, you know, her heart rate going up to 300, oh, that must be wrong, which I think in that previous scene played as him thinking things through or or him being incorrect or him kind of you know stammering or his brain misfiring whatever it might be here we see i think he's just saying other people can't handle this but they should and he's doing the the decent thing and the human thing and just giving her time to time to breathe and time to settle before decisions need to be made on her on her behalf or or she needs to make decisions on her behalf She's just different now, Matt. It was a touching scene. It really was. I, I bought it as genuine and heartfelt, and I'll be terribly disappointed if they go kind of some romantic route. Was the Reina suicides? Oh, yeah, that was still in the, uh, in the, in the act proper. Um, suicidal in the street there. She's cornered. They tell her not to move. They're going to take her in. And she's determined here to commit suicide by shield agent. Um, before the blue shield guy shows up. Question, Pete. Are we sure that they were shield or maybe? We don't know. I think okay. it's, an, it's an assumption. That, okay. That, remember, they were talking about taking her out. True, true, um, true, true, true. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. You know, eyeless guy here uh, explains to her, okay, beautiful, I'll show you the way, and they disappear. Heck of an ending there. Just just a, a, a majestic scene when Gordon pops in there. Great effects with his energy spheroid thing. Bam, um, bam. <laughs> um, and then just, you know, calling her beautiful, the irony that she doesn't see her own beauty, that he doesn't see, period. I, I just thought it was incredible. Well, remember, cool. that was a callback to the, the tease of the episode that he was called beautiful as well. There you go. It's all connected. With that, Pete, off to the tag scene. Yes. Um, interesting. This, this kind of has to be a coda. At the same time, it's pushing forward what we've looked at a little early on the Lola toy on Colson's desk opens and it scans the front of his desk, um, sees a box glow. Uh, and then we have our agents discussing, uh, memories of trip Morse and Mac, uh, meet in the kitchen kitchenette there talking about confirmation. And I believe it was Fury's toolbox. Um, yep. Yeah. And contact will be made soon. Loved, um, you know, Sky's reference to Trip, the uh, the patented girl, <laughs> and uh, you know the the line at the end was was much appreciated. That they're going to laugh a lot less. That's for sure. 
this scene was patented Marvel television in that you got character moments, you got intrigue for the future, you got, you know, a look back and a look ahead at the same time. Just just a really well-constructed scene and one that I think, uh, particularly on the Mac and Mockingbird end, uh, is really going to be propelling us forward uh, for the next next number of episodes. Girl. Time to take a detailed look at our bad guys and quite a few tonight, Matt. Let's begin with um, the people who were helping Gordon early on in 1983. Zhang um, Ye and uh, Yatsan. That's a really interesting place to start because uh, clearly Gordon didn't want that change brought about. That doesn't mean that it wasn't necessary, that it wasn't something he's come to appreciate, so on and so forth. Certainly in that moment, I think he would view them as uh, as villains. Now, the fact that we've seen uh, Jay Yang, you know, kind of... Uh, frankly victimized at the hands of uh you know nazi era whitehall um or pardon me i guess that's 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 later on in her chronology right, right? the fact right. that he's he's an ageless wonder too is just so <laughs> can throw you for a little bit of a loop but the point that we've seen her worse off than gordon makes her villainy seem less so um so i wouldn't how about this? I'm not ready to throw her in the slammer quite yet, but there's definitely some villainy afoot with her. Yeah, and I think, you know, it it lends to really nice development. We've seen the Gordon character at two opposite ends, having just had his powers activate and then, you know, in the midst of this confident rescue, you know, we we saw him in the one other tag scene where he, you know, he puts a book down and then the reveal that he's got no eyes, so ha ha ha. Um, you know, not really showcasing powers there, but to see him in mastery of his powers to, you know, extend this this shield here to, you know, protect and, and save Reyna. Um, you can certainly, with revisionist eyes, look back on what was done to him, but not at the time that it happened. Or revisionist no eyes. Um, wow. I think it, it also... Revisionist. Uh, what, what do you even... Not even sockets. <laughs> Revision, revisionist skin between the nose and the cheekbone. Um, given revisionist that... Revisionist lids? <laughs> lidlessness, anyhow. Given that... Um, just to kind of work backwards here, the success of the X-Men movies means it is inconceivable that Marvel will get the X-Men rights back. Some of the pathos that the X-Men characters represent in terms of, oh, we're different, we're looked upon as strange and freaks and the other, the Inhumans need to carry that mantle in the MCU. So I think I think there's a place... Um, there's a place for Gordon, there's a place for the people who've done this to him, and there's a place with these inhuman characters to kind of be hitting upon that stuff where, the, you know, the nature of, of being different and not fitting in and that sort of thing. Well, speaking of inhumans, Matt, that, you know, Reyna has gone through this change and she's 
killing, you know, shield bio agents one by one underground. And then she goes toe to toe with Cal with her new powers. I'm interested to see how she tackles this. You know, we've seen her behind the scenes. We've seen her shift allegiances before we've seen her frightened as a result of, you know, Whitehall and things like that. Now to wield power, I'm interested to see what Ruth Nega does with this. It will be interesting because I, particularly in that scene at the, by the shipping containers and her, her makeup is kind of on full display. I'm just looking at her saying this poor woman, this poor actress, how long was she in, in, in a makeup chair to do that? It's almost kind of like she looks so, even though I'm not bowled over with the makeup, it is a it is a jarring and a very unique presentation. Um, but do we know the extent of her of her of her character's powers? Do we know where it's headed? Is she are her powers still developing? Um, it's you know, and no less, you know, to, to bring back to your point, Pete, the the wonderful actress uh, behind the makeup. Where is that character headed? I've absolutely no idea, and I'm I'm very interested to see. I look forward to her reunion with uh, Lino and um, the other one. Well, there's Panthro, there's Tigra, there's Kit and Cat, there's Snarf. So that was the one I was thinking of. There's Snarf. the Robo Bears. Snarf. Thank you for saving us. Um, let seriously, let's let's do a Thundercats reboot for goodness' sake. Live action. Come on, let's Matt, go here. Matt, what if? This is the backdoor pilot. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Disney acquires Thundercats. <laughs> anyway, um, let's let's kick it to uh, to my boys here, Hydra, Bakshi. Okay, to really flesh out more members of this constantly expanding organization. Apart from the fact, well, or in that, this in this episode, retracting, you know. Well, you, well, you pull back the curtain before you, you know, kill who's behind it. <laughs> and to learn, Matt, it's not a surprise because we've been meeting there for years. But for you to learn that Radio Shack, <laughs> why why do you think they're closing down? That was. That was just a delicious opportunity to kick a company while they're down. And I know as hated and, you know, uh, if you've not read some of the articles out there, there was a lovely, we read, read it around Christmas time yep, yep. when I had been exchanging. It might've been even Thanksgiving uh, expose into, you know, what corporate malice radio shack is really capable of. And the one meme too, if you take uh, the, the, the stores, um, you know, marquee lit up. I know that some of them have been playing around with it and they spelled out adios. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think based on that one article that, that I read that was making, you know, you read that, that, uh, was making the rounds around the holidays. I mean, stuff like, you know, the 20 year old worker being told, Hey, you need to work 16, 18 consecutive hours here. And, the, the shame of you really quick go to the bathroom because you're about to, you know, void your pants and you come back and $600 worth of stuff has just been stolen and, you know, how the company doesn't really care. You know, it's just there's no – you read those – you read that article. You read some of those stories. There is no surprise that Radio Shack is Hydra. Uh, not not much of a reveal, I dare say. But um, 
Um, I mean, for all those Hydra guys that were in this episode to kind of to, to bring it back here, um, Simon Cassianidis really is so good as Bakshi. He really just kind of sells the single-minded or single-purposed multi-layered bad guy. Well, he's a survivor, and you see what he goes through in this episode alone and uh, for things to break his way. And understand, too, it's a factor of where the story needs to be. We can't have a million different Hydra people. It's got to be more clear cut than that. So, you know, he inherits Whitehall's Hydra West and, uh, you know, where we take it from there. You'll just have to see. How about uh, Cal? Um, It was nice to see him. I think that he's he's been such a complex character in terms of, you know, his desire for revenge, the man who killed his wife, so on and so forth. I think that he's a little less suspect on the dossier in terms of he's not kind of out to do bad. He's out to do bad to bad people so where does that leave him kind of in a gray spot matt let's analyze and theorize reina reina that's a tough one because how she's going to fit into all of this is is difficult except for one possible glimmer just as we saw in Agent Carter, you know, you have a you have a a capable uh, female hero. You know, sometimes you need a capable uh, female villain. Pete, should we be looking forward to what is this episode two eleven? You know, kind of the mm-hmm. episode two twenty, two twenty one, two twenty two, somewhere in there. Uh, epic showdown between Cake and uh, Cake. <laughs> I I for one am looking to the epic showdown between Cake. Reina, uh, Reina versus a versus float. Uh, a, a double chocolate cake. Who you know? But Quake, aka Sky, aka Mary Sue Poots, aka Daisy Johnson. Well, what um, do you make of her not telling them her name is Daisy? Will she not be identifying herself to her Shield peeps, as the kids like to say, Matt? Is, is this a shame thing apart from the way that she's – the guilt she's made to feel over Trip, and then then inadvertently, of course, because Simmons doesn't know that she's suffered this change, um, you know, the, the shame that she's become something else that's, that's just weird and, you know, as a teenage Simmons would explain, icky. Pete, interrupt when you know what I'm about to say, because it's something I probably have said in your presence a hundred times. The single greatest comic book movie scene is in X2 when Iceman comes out to his parents for being a mutant. If 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 Sky is informed by that scene, so steeped in metaphor, and she's withholding sharing the full nature of who she is. Uh, and they're picking up some sort of, you know, metaphor to other real world things, then I applaud that. And I think it's absolutely compelling drama. And I think it makes a ton of sense. We're not, you know, we, we as imaginary people living in the MCU are not used to normal people's superpowers. There's 
radiation guys and there's people from other planets and there's kind of you know people with suits and people with kind of you know steroids but the notion of you know laser eyes and and you know flies by yourself person that's a very foreign thing so even though for us to kind of go oh man it'd be totally cool if i had you know snicked and i could do that like wolverine being the first person to be able to do that uh as is the case with sky is has got to be just this incredibly foreign and alienating thing well to follow that line of thinking through you know reina might get some literature about praying the inhuman away i think that the show is in a really interesting position to be addressing some of those issues either of the day or you know i won't i won't recap my simmons monologue but some of those issues that repeat themselves in the course of of humanity where you know we're going to wipe out the people that are different um the show can really play with that here in a really compelling and interesting way where they kind of go into it and then come back out and go and now may is going to you know kickbox someone's head and now there's going to be explosions and then there will be romance between hunter and mockingbird and you know so they kind of can have their quake and eat it too well, from subtext to uh, beneath the radar here, what's going on with Mac and Morse? I enjoy, as a consumer of the show, I enjoy that they did that. It's a fun twist. As somebody who, you know, kind of, um, um, if you will, kind of uh, identifies with the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I want them to all be one big happy family, you know, it's really troubling. Like, it is it is a wonderful, troubling turn story-wise. The notion that they are undercover, Pete, at least the notion that Mockingbird is under undercover, undercover, you know, the notion that she's a triple agent is not new. It's something that we've been discussing, I dare say, since she first escaped the Hydra base, helped Simmons escape, and we didn't see... The the scene in the hallway. Yeah. Go back and listen. We pointed it out in that episode, the uh, the Hydra uh, Simmons episode. I want to say it's two oh seven. That's what keeps popping into my head. But that uh, we didn't see what happened with Bakshi in the hallway, and uh, he may have gotten her to comply there. Matt, having been elevated as Adrian Palicki has been to series regular, just makes it easier. 10 episodes down the line to say thanks for your work here in these episodes and uh, thanks for your sacrifice. And listeners, if you think that's unfair, well, how's this for a contract? Hey, Adrian, uh, we want to make you a series regular for the rest of the season. Here's what we're going to pay you. And here's what we're going to pay you per episode, whether you're in no scenes or one scene or a whole bunch of scenes. And here's an extra $150,000 if the fact that we're not going to be extending this contract and just give you a heads up. So if you want to pursue other, you know, like a pilot or the, you know, whatever for next season, feel free. Uh, Cause we've got some cool stuff ahead with your character. Uh, oh, and if the, if the news leaks, you don't get the extra 125,000. That seems fair across the board. You're being told here's steady pay to do your craft between now and when filming wraps probably in April. And after that, you know, Godspeed, off you go to your next project, and there's a little extra bank there for you to keep your mouth shut. That's win, win, win. Um, I would hate to see the actress who I enjoy on the show not be around anymore, but 
yeah, the fact that she's a member of the cast and therefore unimpeachable means she will die by May. Either the well, month or the or the character or both. I completely agree with you. Um, what about Ward, Matt? Um, Brett Dalton, uh, very much missed in this episode. And uh, Agent 33, uh, Ming-Na Wen's other character for the moment. Um, where are they? I guess they're just kind of there in the periphery. I don't know. I... I, I worry when Brett Dalton isn't in too many episodes because I like him as an actor and I, I you know, I, I kind of, you know, despise Ward, but I don't want the actor, you know, <laughs> kicked off the show kind of thing. Um, so I hope they bring him back soon because, because I don't, I don't know where he is. I don't know exactly how he fits into Hydra and Turmoil. I mean, we still kind of anticipate some sort of, you know, Ward coming home type thing. Uh, but I don't see how it's going to happen yet. And we have, what, 11 more episodes until the finale? So there's plenty of time. But each episode where that's not addressed is um, one less episode for them to do something with him. Let's check the wire, Matt. Pete, now that we're back in action, we look forward in this segment in the future, uh, sharing people's uh, various comments now that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back, particularly comments about how we're doing on the podcast, iTunes reviews, and the like. So uh, we certainly hope uh, hope to hear from people on the iTunes. You help us when you leave a comment on iTunes. You help others find us. So please don't hesitate. And we truly do take that feedback into consideration and and who doesn't like hearing how they're doing well pete what's a way that uh people can kind of be in touch uh be in touch with the podcast other than itunes of course something new from the last episode we had almost three months ago we have uh reactivated our fantastic geek uh, page on Facebook. You can find us on facebook.com forward slash fantastic geek spelled with a PH. And that's just another way to interact with us, get in touch, uh, kick around theories, all sorts of stuff. So head over there and like us today. Now, Pete, lots of people like you for you, even though you're different. How can people be in touch with you, Pete? Well, Matt, 5,308 followers can't be wrong. You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, we would love to hear from you. Uh, We are Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with a P-H. You can uh, get in touch with us on Gmail, on FantasticGeek.com, on Twitter, where we're Fantastic Geek as well. So uh, please do uh, do tell us what your what your theories are, what your predictions are, what your thoughts are about Agents of Shield. And Pete, it's not too that far, uh, not that far away too, where we'll be uh, adding Daredevil to the mix. Probably what five six weeks away. So be sure to check uh, whether iTunes or FantasticGeek.com for links to the Daredevil podcast by Fantastic Geek. Yes, we will be recording our second preview episode in a little bit. We already have one up there. 
um, regarding the casting and the premise and the plan as far as podcasting a Netflix exclusive that drops all in one fell swoop. Uh, but we'll be recording another episode, taking a look back at the 2003 uh, Ben Affleck, uh, Ben Affleck um, misses uh, film there. A guilty pleasure for me. And uh, we're going to take a look at both cuts. Ooh, fun, fun, fun. With that, listeners, I will say untio to all our listeners and give you, Pete, the final word. They'll never take us alive. <laughs>